This is the Evolution Exchange podcast, a platform that brings the Nordic tech community together. My name is Sean Hughes. I connect businesses with freelance tech solutions, and I'm your host. Welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by Meha Jamil, Abhijit Bhatt, and Jonas Linskog to discuss the future of diversity and inclusion in tech. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. Abhijit, do you want to go first? Sure thing, Sean. Uh, thank you so much for having me, and it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, uh, hello, everyone. My name is Abhijit, and uh, by the ways of introductions, I am a person of Indian origin, uh, currently based in Stockholm. I uh, currently work uh, in the capacity of the product area lead, working with PayPal. And uh, we are essentially focusing on, on our in-store product offering uh, called as Zettle, which is responsible for all in-person payment, uh, card payment uh, transactions that one performs on every visit to our uh, local uh, store. Uh, but prior to that, uh, I come with a pedigree of, uh, of a little experience uh, in entrepreneurship. I have earlier been associated with a few ideas that I was able to build on from concept to prototypes and eventually scale them up. Uh, uh, a little back in history, I come with a background in engineering and uh, so I have been pretty close to the software development world for almost uh, 12 years now. Outside of work, I have uh, my personal interests lie uh, in the area of sports and uh, uh, ranging all the way uh, across the board from soccer, cricket to anything on the TV showing Olympics. So <laughs> if any of that is, on, is an area of interest to you, please feel free to uh, connect with me and we would love to have a chat. I'm sure your sports interests as well as your entrepreneurial background will be drawing um, plenty of interesting uh, connections on LinkedIn. Um, I've tagged everyone on our post on LinkedIn there. So uh, if anyone does want to give Abhijit or any of the contributors a follow, um, please do. Uh, you'll find that on my LinkedIn page. Um, that's what this is for, networking. Um, Meher, do you want to go next? Yeah, sure. Um, so hi, I'm Meher, uh, Jamil, and uh, I'm a user experience leader at Cytiva, which is a life sciences company. Um, and I, I work mainly uh, on the e-commerce side uh, and some web apps, uh, digital marketing, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, I, I came to Sweden over 12 years ago uh, to do a master's in uh, human-computer interaction at Uppsala University. Um, and I, I stayed. Uh, <laughs> life happened. Um, and and uh, I mean, this this topic is 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 pretty personal uh, to me, uh, but it's it's important professionally as well. Uh, and not only because uh, I'm an immigrant, but I also check a lot of diversity boxes. Um, that's me. Perfect, Jonas. Yes, uh, thank you so much for having me too. Uh, my name is Jonas Lindskog. I work as the head of engineering at Apotek Hjertat. Um, the tech side of Apotek Hjertat is, is part that, that grows. Uh, so we build a tech, um, tech organization of about 50 people now. And uh, of course, diversity is something that's extremely important for us. Uh, there is a business side to it, of course. But there's also a personal side for me. It's I'm, I'm married to a 
to an American of Filipino descent and, and we talk a lot about diversity and, and especially how it is for women and what they have to endure uh, to find their place um, uh, in companies and, and um, it's just something that I think it's if we can if we can um, start treating people like people and uh, make sure that we can empower them as much as we can and, and see see them for what they are. I think it's a it's a massive force that force that we can uh, learn from and and grow with. Perfect. Now that we've established a context and a background to each of you. Um, let's jump in shall we let's move on um and discuss the topic in focus so you've all um brought a question or a statement to today's recording session on the future of diversity and inclusion in tech so as usual i'll work around the room asking each of you to pose your question or make your statement and i'll ask you for a bit of a context a bit of reasoning behind it um just so we can color this color the scene if you like uh, and then each of you will have the opportunity to give your take on the given situation from your um, either opinions, your learned experiences. So let's start with you, Jonas. Um, I've got your question in front of me, but I'd like you to ask it. Um, yeah. What's your question? So my question is, since we're a Swedish speaking company and a lot of the tech uh, workforce is people from outside of Sweden, outside of Scandinavia, outside of Europe, how can we overcome the language barrier that we are, that we have in our company, uh, being a pharmacy? Okay. Uh, and sure. yeah, so and if if I want to give you a little bit of a background, it's like there's no problem speaking English, document everything in English within the tech organization, but when our CEO is talking to the whole company, he talks in Swedish. Um. That's one part. Uh, another part is that it's also limiting uh, our foreign uh, co-workers in their career paths, because in some, some positions in the company, it's a requirement that you speak Swedish. Okay, so it's really interesting. It's, it's one that, um, particularly in a, in a country like Sweden, that is so diverse, um, and obviously with English being so predominant, um, in Sweden it's definitely different where I'm from so I'm obviously English um, and we are probably um, too closed to languages we would only ever really speak English um, maybe we're uber privileged um, or maybe we're uber colonial um, but there we are it's really interesting it's never something that I've experienced in terms of a language barrier in a company um, but I can I can see it being um, a real issue for certain employees. And I think you're right, Jonas, in that it, it puts a blocker on um, some of the talent that you can bring in as well. Um, Abhijit, what's your, what's your take on this? What's your experience of, of language barriers and, and how can it be overcome? Yeah, that's a very interesting one, actually. So language is a very, very powerful tool. Uh, this is something that we, it's often our second nature which uh, knowingly or unknowingly we often get to default to. Uh, you could think of any any personal situation or scenario in which you walk into a room, there are four different individuals, and if you are, all of you kind of get to speak on the same language, you won't even notice before you start hitting a conversation on the native tongue that all of you are like common across. So uh, 
no harm in that. Uh, I guess uh, as, as long as it facilitates free flow of ideas, there is no trouble or challenge in that. Uh, the problem essentially comes across when there is a fifth or a sixth individual walking inside the room for whom the language is not a common uh, uh, ground. So that's where essentially the problem kind of arises. And uh, it's uh, and, and I would say it's, uh, it's something that is uh, 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 manifesting itself in various forms, uh, various forums, small or large. It could be casual coffee conversations or maybe some all hands gathering where uh, someone in the senior leadership kind of communicating the vision and, and strategy to a broader audience. Personally, I think uh, as tech companies, we've uh, a bunch of tech companies have taken uh, active steps towards alleviating this pain point. And uh, one of the first things uh, uh, on that road is to kind of uh, acknowledge and be sensitized to the factor of the challenges that the language creates. So it is something uh, that uh, won't happen overnight. And uh, many people often don't uh, even get to uh, acknowledge it because it's uh, if it's not a personal experience, you won't even know the challenge the, the other person across the wall is kind of facing through. So um, I guess the one of the first steps is just to kind of uh, being being uh, having having a group that is sensitized to this uh, topic and then building awareness about cultural differences. So as organizations embrace uh, diversity and inclusion, uh, they they need they perform a lot of uh, steps and and action towards doing it, uh, and and this manifests in different forms ranging ranging from diversity to having open platforms where we could facilitate conversations uh, that the teams or members of the team can kind of table their thoughts and ideas in an open manner. We could also think of, uh, and I've seen this uh, at some companies that they they conduct uh, inclusivity surveys whereby they are they are able to get the pulse of the company how it is how it is performing internally and then they can solicit these feedbacks to take up uh, preventive or corrective actions uh, as and when needed another thing that could be think, thought of uh, is uh, in terms of uh, creating inputs from all team members during strategic discussions now i'm not referring to cold calling or or uh, or pointing uh, someone out but uh, creating an avenue where people know that uh, they have and they they'll have an opportunity to present their idea uh, should they want to, uh, and and like explicitly uh, having a, having some dedicated forum or or a time where their ideas are uh, not just uh, uh, tabled but also valued and evaluated on a on 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 a on a serious note towards how that can uh, take forward or shape up the future of, of the product or the or the strategy of the company as a whole. Uh, there are a few things uh, other uh, as well, but uh, like I said, uh, having platforms where the employees can offer their inputs, uh, whether in a time-bound manner or or like general platforms that are available for providing inputs, and uh, like on a large scale, just celebrating, celebrating uh, getting a diverse set of opinion. Any problem can have multiple solutions. Uh, the ways can be multiple for you to arrive at uh, the destination. Uh, the paths can can be several, and uh, it's it's a it's a real luxury to uh, for for any organization or any leadership team 
to to be able to have uh, multiple different solution approaches or different set of diverse opinions around which uh, we could probably take uh, or or go forward uh, in a direction so uh, engaging with professionals and uh, debating the ideas uh, coming across on the merit so uh, whether it is on the recruitment side or whether it is any internal discussion around which uh, some solution of approaches are being discussed uh, discussing those more towards uh, based on the talent or the merit of the idea rather than uh, who it came from and uh, just breaking down the silos that might exist in the organization those might be some some areas or avenues which can help us lower lower those barriers i think it's a really interesting interesting take um I think you're right as well in in highlighting that certain cultural differences in in diversity and inclusion can be overlooked, and a language barrier isn't one that you that you sort of if you're brainstorming buzzwords around diversity and inclusion, I don't think it's one that would come up in the top five. So that idea of of understanding and getting a full grasp of um, of the array of different cultures and those differences that come with those cultures is a really really cool idea that a lot of companies do do but it definitely isn't um something that's it's it's not the rule for sure um Meher, what's your experience and what do you propose as um almost a solution um for for getting past these these barriers and breaking down those silos that abg speaks of <clears throat> it's a very interesting and 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 tricky topic uh communication i mean lang- language barrier on its own having having lived here for, for so many years um been through there been through that and and overcome it in in some aspects um overcame it sorry in some aspects but i i think um I mean, we can come up with lots of ideas. We, we it, like, like I said, if we brainstorm, we can, we can, um, uh, we can say, okay, let's let's offer training uh, in in language. Why not? Uh, a lot of people who move to to a country want to understand what's happening. Um, so can we can we give them language training um, as as a solution? But the the two things that that really pop up in my head um, are allyship uh, versus exclusion. That's that's where my brain goes. So based based on my own experience, um, when I had uh, when when I was sitting next to a Swedish colleague and 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 the Swedish colleague explained to me what was happening, I I I found a friend and an ally and I felt safe. It was like okay, if if I don't understand, I can always ask this person, um, and 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 that that stops that exclusion um, part where where you start wondering, should I even attend this meeting because it's going to be in Swedish, right? That that comes up a lot. I see I see in within my team, um, the the non-Swedish speakers don't attend some of the calls. That are that are usually held in Swedish. Um, what the company is trying to do is, uh, you know, they'll they'll speak in Swedish, but the slides will be in English, uh, and then they'll send the deck out after. 
Um, so, so little things here and there, or, or they'll have like a, a session after, which would address all questions in English. Um, so, so of course, you can find ways. Um, there's things you can do, but it's it's really about the the, the company as well, uh, and and your colleagues. Are they your allies? Are they willing to open up those doors? um where where you don't feel excluded despite the language barrier um and and what can you do around it um to 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 work in an environment which which makes you feel comfortable enough to say hey i didn't get that can can you can one of you help me because i think that's where we get stuck we we feel shame we don't want to ask um so so why not make it more comfortable for everyone couple of really interesting solutions there. I'm going to throw it back to you, Jonas. Um, based on those those couple of ideas, um, where do you uh, sit on this now? I'm definitely going to bring me bring back the are your colleagues your allies? I think that's a that's a brilliant idea, and it's, it's also really easy to implement. Something I can do when I go to work tomorrow, or when I uh talk to to my my indian my iranian my ukrainian colleagues um so i think that's 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 a it's good to have something that you actually can start doing now but then i also think i mean the more long-term solution is what i'm doing next week talking to head of hr and saying that okay this is my reality um, I need your help here and uh, let's figure out solutions together, uh, you and I and all the people that are involved. So, yeah, and, and I also think about the, the platform and making it easy for people to, to push ideas. Um, I'm going to think a little bit more about how to implement that, but I, I think it's also really, it's a really good idea. I think you hit up on a on a really good word there um, when discussion discussing solutions and the word that I picked up on was together um, and that's what this is all about isn't it it's we're we're all part of teams we've all got different people and that's what makes teams so special and successful um, so I think that the the word to take away from from this particular um, area of the topic is togetherness and finding a solution that works for everyone. Um, helping people and and treating people as people really rather than alienating them uh, we'll move on uh, to the next question meha um what is your question um my question is uh, why we fear discussing diversity and inclusion as leaders um and, and the reason for this question was really to address um, this this idea of um, emotional vulnerability at at your workplace. Um, I think as leaders we have a responsibility to 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 set up the environment and 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 to to make others feel safe. So if we dare to be vulnerable and set that example, um, then we can have more open and authentic conversations. Um, and 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 um, others will feel safe talking to us about that. And I think it's it's that the, the idea of this this fear is are we going to look bad because we don't know enough? 
uh, are, are we going to make a mistake? Um, is, are we going to upset someone? Um, there, there's a lot of fears connected to, to talking about this. And I, I, I don't see I, I, or hear a lot of discussion around it uh, within my organization from the leadership, but I'm hearing it from teams. So I think that that part has stood out for me uh, because I'm one of the few uh, leaders uh, who who does talk about it. That's absolutely right. It's a, um, I think it can be a real scary topic because no matter how much you come from a good place in trying to implement things, you can't please everyone, I think. And it is such a sensitive area of, of the workplace, um, including and, and, and being diverse in, in not just your teams, but the way in which you work. Um, it can ruffle a few feathers in changing what people are used to. Um, and it does take strong leaders to, to discuss this topic. Uh, Abhijit, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so uh, this is also one of the very interesting topic of conversation. And um, I get a, uh, recollect uh, reading somewhere uh, over the summer uh, an article. Um, I, I think it was a study done by Right Track where they mentioned that um, around 55% of the general population feels uh, too scared to talk about diversity and inclusion in the workplace. And the, and this originates from the fear of saying the wrong thing. So um, essentially, uh, and quite frankly, I think one of the primary reasons why people people feel uh, or are a little more cautious about talk about this topic is that people in general don't often genuinely want to offend others. And so uh, often at times we feel that uh, we are a little less adept or having a little, maybe a little less aware. And so even in the uh, slightest of ideas, like don't want to unknowingly offend anyone on the topic. And so that's one major reasons why people kind of uh, refrain on talking about this. So I guess like it's the absence of knowledge and uh, uh, um, and uh, to a degree uh, like a, a lack in confidence uh, about being, uh, having us, putting across the point their point of conversation in the right manner that prevents them to uh, and keeps them from talking about this uh, conversation to begin with and uh, I, I think this uh, this problem uh, persists in various different forms uh, not just limited to one geography or country for that matter uh, it is more of a global phenomenon that the kind of uh, manifests itself uh, in different forms of our lives uh, and but at the same time, I think it is important to remove this fear and, and talk more openly about uh, diversity and inclusion, because it is only when you admit or, or acknowledge a problem that you could collectively as a group start working towards removing and resolving it. So it is it is a very important step uh, to take uh, and 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 start talking about these challenges. I also feel that there are uh, like few things that maybe organizations as as a whole can do to make people feel a bit more comfortable and and this could be something like just educating people about uh, speaking on these topics in maybe an informal setup and uh, generally as leaders uh, start inculcating a behavior of uh, inviting and listening 
to feedback without being defensive about it. So uh, this essentially applies to all walks of life, but more so toward these topics of uh, diversity and inclusion, because uh, these aren't the skills that everyone will will have naturally, but uh, they, these are skills that can be learned. And uh, we don't want to live. You, one thing that organizations generally do, and, and I think uh, which is where, where, where we can get better at, is not limiting the aspects of uh, the topics of uh, diversity and inclusion to conversations that are just limited to maybe uh, some semi-annual or quarterly events, but keeping it more like a informal uh, point of conversation, once something that we get to uh, revisit at several different aspects of our day-to-day -day lives, such that it stands to become our second nature. It's a really good point. Uh, Jonas, I'm really intrigued in asking you whether you would agree that, that the, the sort of fear of discussing diversity derives from a, um, a, a lust to get things right um, and a fear of not um, upsetting anyone uh, and what your thoughts are on how we can overcome this and make this less of a um, difficult thing to discuss in the workplace. I think that the, the fear of doing wrong is is always there. No, not just in in diversity. It, it's always there. So, the concepts of of psychological safety and and creating safe environments where you are allowed to ask, quote, stupid questions um, and whatever it might be, is for us as leaders, it's it's extremely important to do that. And I think also when it comes to diversity, it's I mean, this is a podcast. You can't see how I look like, but I'm, I'm like a 50-year-old man, grown up in Sweden, where you guys moved from like far away. I've lived in like a, in an area of maybe 45 square uh, square kilometers or something my whole life. So, but that I think that also is something that makes me. I'm pretty sure where I am. I'm not. I don't really worry so much about what people think when I talk. If I think something is important, I don't have a problem bringing it up. But I think also uh, starting a diversity project in your company, that's not the right way of doing it. You need to have this on, an, on a day-to-day -day basis and, and not just talk about it, also act diversity. Make sure that you are not just bringing in pad. Uh, to the meeting because you know him and it's easy to just bring the same person or next time ask somebody else instead so but I think the fear is it's always going to be there because it's something if if you don't want to hurt people uh, and if you do wrong here you could hurt people but I think that's when we as leaders have to step up and say okay I'm not an expert on diversity so you need to help me out here too it's everybody's responsibility that this becomes uh, good and that people feel uh, included. So, but but I, I I agree with Meher here too. It's the fear is, I think, it's always there, and and it's a fear of of uh, not being uh, able to handle the situation or saying something that could be perceived as something else than what you meant. Uh, but I think also as, as long as you as a, as a leader can provide a, a psychological safe place 
and uh, also be open and, and vulnerable and say, I'm not the expert here, you are. So help me out. It's a really, really good word that's, that continues to crop up and that's help. I think, um, Meha, where do you stand on this following Jonas's and, and Abhijit's um, words there? Yeah, I mean, that, that is the conversation and is exactly the discussion that I wanted to have. Um, that that there are things, there are challenges, there are reasons that, 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 that we fear um, uh, bringing this up. Um, but 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 being vulnerable uh, as as leaders is also our responsibility. Um, that's how we're going to set the environment. Uh, that's how our team will function then, because they'll be able to come to us and talk about the difficult things, um, and and we can ask them for help uh, because we are not experts at everything. Um, and 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 I. Uh, I might check a lot of diversity boxes, but still slip up, right? That that's that's just human being human. Um, so so uh, yeah, I, I think that we need to remove the fear a little bit and just step up. You know, it's it's um, um, there's no point of waiting and and avoiding. I think avoidance causes other issues because it, it kind of lingers. There's, there's this feeling in the air that something is being avoided here and, and that's not the environment you want for your team um, and for you to work in yourself. So yeah, we, we have to challenge fear. Absolutely. I think that's the, the lesson to take, isn't it? It's the challenge and, and seek the help and, and prosper and, and allow everyone to feel as comfortable as possible um, in discussing diversity in whatever walk of life they do. The final question in today's episode is from, oh, sorry, Jonas, uh, I can see you waving. Have you got something to add there? Yeah, sorry. I just want to add, add, add one more thing. I think also curiosity and other human beings or, or other persons is also very, very important. So if you can, if you can create that, uh, if you can help be, help people being curious about other people, I think it's also one way of reducing the fear of, uh, of not doing right. Like have smaller one-on-ones fika with people you don't know, talk to them, learn to, to know them more. And, and then it's also easier to, to ask for help. I completely agree. I really do. Uh, I'm sure Abhijit and, and Meha will echo that. What do you think Abhijit? Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, couldn't agree more. Uh, actually, on 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 a similar note, I'm also reminded of uh, of one salient thing that I must uh, I feel compelled to mention here. So a few years ago, I was introduced to this concept of uh, cognitive bias. Now, uh, as a terminology, uh, many of us might be familiar with it, and uh, uh, but then uh, this encounter that I'm referring to that happened a few years ago, I kind of really got to think about what that bias really is about. I mean, if you look at the strict definition of it, it is just a systematic error in the thinking that occurs when we as individual are processing and interpreting information. Uh, and these, uh, uh, these processing of information is heavily influenced by the world that we live around. And so it affects our decisions and it, it affects our judgment that we that we do. 
some of these bias might be related to memory or some of these bias might be related uh, with the problems to attention, like uh, some aspect of the problems that we completely ignore or uh, just uh, tend to overlook. Now, cognitive bias is, uh, is different than a logical fa uh, fallacy because uh, you're not talking about uh, uh, missing out on a certain piece or a component of uh, the, the problem, but uh, unknowingly, uh, as, as, as humans, uh, entering into that zone. And so uh, the reason why I brought this, uh, this, this aspect up is that uh, it's not a huge problem. And um, as, as long as we are able to acknowledge it and recognize it, the remediation and rectifications are very simple. But the fundamental aspect though is that uh, many, many times people don't even get to know or about several of these cognitive bias uh, that are that are present in our day-to-day -day behavior, whether at home or at work or even uh, organizational as cultures, for example. Overcoming cognitive bias is like fairly simple. If just being by just by being aware of the bias to be present, there are a lot of things that every individual without any other additional research or study to uh, to accomplish with can can basically do to just stop preventing it and, but then there are like several other factors many a times where you are probably not aware of these uh, impacts and and uh, language is like another great example about something that might come across and uh, like just present a, a cognitive bias in which uh, your experience or exposures are just limited across and uh, you don't get to oversee or comprehend the full picture of things. So several times if we as individuals are just aware of it and we just challenge our own bias, so no external help needed, uh, that goes a long way uh, in helping or, or moving towards the, the positive direction. I couldn't agree more. I'm going to throw it straight back to you, Abhijit. What's your question? Yeah, so I, I guess we, 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 got a, we got to talk a lot about uh, uh, organizations and the challenge that uh, diversity and inclusion presents uh, to a lot of the, these forums that we are part of in our day-to-day -day work life. But I wanted to bring a topic of uh, how these uh, uh, impact in the, in the outputs uh, of, the, of the things that we produce. So my topic of conversation is uh, largely regarding revolving around how might we bring inclusion in the products or services that we build in tech. Now, just to kind of throw in a bit more context there, like uh, we know for a fact that technology continues to become like an ever so important aspect of each of our lives, whether it is ranging from our presence, uh, social media, or whether it is the, uh, the smart lights present inside our houses, uh, tech is part of our day-to-day -day lives more than we could uh, possibly comprehend. But and now with the internet, essentially there are there are no real boundaries uh, to the work or the products that we that we build and develop. So with such a massive and wide outreach of the products and the work that we do, uh, these products and services reaching across the globe. We as individuals, uh, leaders in the tech area and, and teams uh, as a whole need to shoulder a bit more responsibility with respect to the products uh, that we build so that they remain accessible to all. And so with, in that light, I just wanted to kind of uh, table the idea of how can we factor some of these aspects of inclusion 
in the in the product development life cycle that we undertake as as uh, tech leaders it's a fantastic question i'm going to come over to you first jonas what are your thoughts on abhijit's question well first it's a very uh, it's not a question i uh, thought we would discuss here so kudos on that i think it's it's a great question uh, and i think that i mean the first thing we can start by is acknowledging that there's going to be if, if i look at our e-com site for example okay we are only selling uh, prescription drugs within sweden but there is a there's a huge diversity of people in here in our country so the first thing is just to acknowledge that that's the case we're building something for a lot of different users and they all have different backgrounds some of them are are 14 years old uh, some of them are are 45 and some is 90. um so that's the first thing i think start to acknowledge that and then once you do that make sure that you have user groups or focus groups or whatever you want to call them and bring in people with different backgrounds uh, so that i think that's the that's the first thing i would think of um I'm sure there are more, but I think Meher looks very eager to start talking. So maybe I should pass on the word to her and then just claim it back later. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let her rip. No, I mean, I, it, you kind of stole the words out of my mouth. I have to recycle some things here. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it's, I guess, being, working with user experience. For me, the first thing that one needs to do when building a product, whether it's software or hardware, is empathizing with the user. Uh, that's that's the basis of UX. Um, and and if you're not starting off on that foot, uh, you, you know you're, you're going to build binary products. As I'm going to call them binary products, um, which which basically, as an example, uh, I I can say. Um, so, so, so all the phones I've owned in the recent years, they're really big for my hand <laughs> and, and, and I, and I, and I struggle with it. So, um, from a non-binary, uh, aspect, um, I, I don't, I don't carry a handbag. So women solve that problem of big phones. They carry a handbag and they put the phone in the handbag and, and they fold it. Um, I don't carry a handbag. And and my pockets are not big enough for that phone. So I'm carrying in my hand, it's falling out of my hand. I'm always wondering who makes these things, why are they so massive? Um and and uh, you know, sometimes like my hand is hurt. It was like, didn't anyone do research? This is an Apple phone. Uh I, so so it's it's just an example of of how if if the research is not done well. Um, there's no way that your product's going to be diverse. Um, there's there, there's no way if you exactly like Yona said, make these user behavior groups like okay, the, these people use use devices like this or, or software like this. How how do we cover all of it? How do we make inclusive design? I think that's a big topic on its own. Inclusive design. Um, so so yeah, it's it's. It's a, it's a, it's very interesting, and I didn't expect you to you to come up with that. Um, it's 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 a good challenge. If I can, yeah, I can jump, jump in again. Jump in. I think also what we talked on before is if you want to build products for a for a large 
number of people. You also need people, the people that are building it to be, being a diverse team will really help. So I think that not just how we produce it, but also who does it. Absolutely. Abhijit, let's circle back around. What are your thoughts based on, on what Jonas and Meho have had to say there? Brilliant points, uh, you guys. And uh, before I begin, I will mention when Jonas said that uh, you didn't expect this to come across uh, in this forum, that's exactly the kind of uh, uh, celebration that diversity brings across. So uh, ideas, thoughts that you might not have thought of and uh, just getting uh, getting them across are like, aha, that moment where you said, oh, I didn't think of it in that sense. And so uh, kind of circles back uh, to the point and the theme around the conversation. And, and I, I guess, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Meher mentioned, like, I, I love that example, like a real life example. So that device is like such a common, it, it's, a, it's a heartbeat for, for our daily lives. We need to have it close to us on a day-to-day -day basis. But then uh, just the form factor and the challenge it presents to several of us uh, um, around its dimension. So it's great. Um, love the fact that research and uh, understanding the user personas and the challenges that it creates to the target audience. So being uh, being a lot sensitive, talking to the customers and uh, a, a wide set of customers, of course, is a great point. And then, of course, coming back to what, what Jonas mentioned, like about having a diverse team so that we are able to uh, uh, like be aware of the of the needs uh, in the first place. So it's uh, this is a very uh, again as as a topic of conversation. It's it's been uh, talked about in the past as well. Like uh, even in the larger uh, tech organizations, if you look at uh, either the Fang or even the A plus companies of today, uh, diversity is something that is uh, kind of uh, been a hot topic of conversation at least in the last couple of years. And uh, I remember somewhere around in 2019, uh, when when uh, I believe it was TechCrunch that published uh, a few stats around the the diversity present within the teams of these large uh, companies, and the the fractional representation of uh, especially the people who identify themselves with two or more races, uh, people of Middle East origin or people of uh, Native American uh, origin, uh, like uh, and it would uh, kind of be like a great eye opener uh, to kind of see where and how those themes are structured. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's it's a it's a great thing uh, that we get to see internal, and then that reflects or that that inclusivity that uh, that that celebration of those ideas reflects in the products that we develop for uh, for the for our customers externally. That line there, the the celebration of. Um of ideas is is, an, is, a, is a line that I'd really like to finish on um, because I think that is the key of, of diversity and inclusion is that we all have these fantastic ideas. We can all be such a massive um, contributor to success of in all walks of life. So we'll, we'll leave it there for today. This has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. I want to take this opportunity to, to thank Meha, Jonas and Ab Abhijit for providing such wonderful insights and and talking on a on a difficult topic for a lot of people, um, 
I really want to thank you for listening as well. If you'd like to get involved in one of our upcoming podcasts, please do reach out to me on LinkedIn or or drop me an email at sean.hughes at evolution-nordics.com. And we'll see you next time.